1: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man MG, socially distancing away from the Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano, and uh, I mean, looks like we have news. Like it's it's been a while since we've had actual news to talk about. We got news this week,
2: and, and we we kind of like. Saw this coming a mile away. Right. I like mm. we, we talked about yeah, Cam Newton's best fantasy landing spot weeks and months ago. And it was always New England. And so the fact that he ended up uh, with the Patriots by no coincidence on the same night where the penalty for their <laughs> videotaping the Bengals uh, scandal, I guess you could call it, came out. But I mean, hey, I mean, timing is everything. Right. So Absolutely. That's, uh, that, that's 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 going to have a trickle-down effect in fantasy, and we're going to talk about
1: that. Yeah, no doubt. That is uh, a tease of what part of what we're going to talk about in today's show. We're also going to kind of go through some top tens, at least from last year, Talk about guys who might fall out of the top ten, guys who might be in. I know it's something we've talked about in the past, but, you know, things change. Uh, since the last time we've talked about it either you guys have changed teams or maybe we just dug a little deeper into the numbers and found something different Uh, so we'll go through that as well but before we do any of that let's talk to our faithful producer senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire Murph uh, are you back in LA now? I am back in LA uh, for about two and a half weeks then we'll take an actual vacation but just going back home because there is nowhere to vacation uh, right now in our (laughs) world so the best thing I could do is uh, sit in my yard and I think actually that makes the world's difference is to have some space but yeah, right now it's no tropical island uh, for me. It's just back to Staten Island New York. I don't know if well, you saw. Well,
2: you're you're going to an island, right? I mean, <laughs> that is true. it's got a, it's got a huge like, you know, landfill on it. I actually lived on Staten Island for about 6 months. I know Staten Island. But uh, you know, just tell people, "Hey, I'm going to an island.
1: I'm going I'm going to island hopping." Yeah, I don't yeah, know if you exactly. saw um yeah. there was floating around on Twitter yesterday a map. It's like a map of the world and all the countries and it had the different tourism slogans from the different countries and like Slovakia's was something like it was something basic like travel to Slovakia. It's a good idea. Like that was like their whole <laughs> that was their whole tourism pitch to you. Like, yeah, it's good My idea. question
2: would be what's so good about it?
1: I guess, I think that's what everybody was asking. Like uh-huh. what's the big deal? Yeah. What's funny yeah. with that though is like Countries like that are places that you would never normally think to go travel to. Maybe right now, this—I mean, obviously, outside of the airport travel part—is like once you're actually in the island or the the country, it may be safer than uh, a lot of other places right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is all those out of the way places that nobody ever thinks to vacation to. Those uh, those might be paradises. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Um, Anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about early on, and that is the big news, of course, that Cam Newton has signed a one year deal with the New England Patriots. I mean, it's wild. I took a few hours off from my phone. Uh, I was busy doing stuff around the house uh, I sit down, I see what I missed And all of a sudden, everybody on Twitter Is talking about Cam Newton And I'm like, wow, this is what happens When you decide to just kind of tune out for a little bit But, um, I mean, Fabs, you talked about it This seemed inevitable at some point My question is How does this always happen to the Patriots? Like, how do these guys always seem to fall in their lap? And I know sometimes they don't work Antonio Brown didn't work out Chad Ojo Cinco didn't work out mm-hmm. But it just seems like 31 other teams end up tripping all over themselves and then allow the Patriots to just walk in and get these guys at essentially bargain basement prices. Like, I don't understand how this happens.
2: It's almost like there's like this secret clause in the CBA, right? That says (laughs) any move out there that could make the Patriots look brilliant, the other 31 teams have to acquiesce and let them do it. And and it's funny too, Marcus, because, you know, we've talked for weeks and weeks about how the Buffalo Bills are the favorites to win the AFC East and, you know, the, the Jets are moving up. Maybe the Dolphins are moving up. The Patriots weren't even in the discussion. Now they get Cam Newton and suddenly are the Buffalo Bills still the favorite? And I, I understand Cam is a former MVP, great quarterback. He hadn't been all that great uh, recently. Of course, he's dealt with injuries. But if Cam Newton can avoid those injuries and, you know, he released a video uh, on social media with him working out and uh, it looks like he's in amazing shape, this could end up being the offseason move uh, of 2020.
1: I mean it really can uh you know and i know the the immediate reaction well first off the immediate reaction on twitter was sort of all over the place right i mean you had some people saying well you know he's cam and as long as he's healthy everything should be okay he's working with belichick and mcdaniels this should be awesome there were other people who were saying well i mean look at what their wide receiver group is look at that offense around him and you know tom brady had issues why shouldn't cam my thought is I mean, Fabs, this isn't the first time Cam Newton has gone into a season with wide receivers who aren't great. I mean, you know, you look at his time, a lot of his time there in Carolina when he was relying on, you know, the Kelvin Benjamins and the Devin Funches of the world. I mean, it's not that's not a group that's going to scare people. So I feel like that's one one fear we can take off the table. Right. I mean, he's got Julian Edelman, who's, you know. Uh, Later in his career, we're still waiting to see what N.K.L. Harry can be. But I feel like the argument that he doesn't have good wide receivers doesn't quite apply to Cam because he's never really had great receivers and he's always found a way to be successful.
2: Yeah, I mean, outside of like Steve Smith, I mean, you're not talking about the the greatest uh, assembly of wide receivers in Carolina over the years. You know, they've almost always been sort of like a run first team, you know, dating back to the time where they had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart in that committee. That's sort of what they've been. And um to me, Mohamed Sanu is not a bad wide receiver. And if he can mm-hmm. if he can get back at 100% with Edelman, with Nikhil Harry, as you mentioned, I mean, you know, it's not the worst wide receiver core in the league. And Cam also is a guy who historically, and, and this, is, this dates all the way back to when we started watching Cam Newton back at Auburn, I mean, this is a guy who can make plays with his legs. And he's got a really good offensive line in front of him now in New England. Also keep in mind that when he played under Norv Turner there in uh, 2018, he he was running more of a pro style offense, which is what they're going to be running, uh, you know, with Josh McDaniels there in in New England. So it's not going to be one of those offenses where you know, he's going to be you know running around all over the place. You know, he's going to be using the, he's going to be using that that right arm. Uh, you know, hopefully the shoulder and the foot are, are back at 100 again. It looks like they are. But this, I, I will tell you one thing, Marcus. Not not only are fantasy fans happy about this, not only are Patriots fans ha- happy about this. But the networks are happy about this, too, because the Patriots <laughs> had a bunch of primetime games. And uh-huh. I don't think the networks were looking forward to having Jared Stidham uh, be the guy there. So now Cam Newton is going to be starting for the Patriots. A lot of people in the network world uh, are going to be a hell of a lot happier.
1: You know, I mean, I really did believe I think a lot of us did for a long time. That It just seemed impossible that the Patriots would go into the season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer as their top two quarterbacks. And I know there was chatter that, you know, this is our guy. We like him, We want to see what Stidham can do. But it just seemed impossible to really believe that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So credit Bill Belichick for basically waiting until the right moment to strike, you know, to to get Cam when, you know, there weren't a whole lot of offers on the table and and get him at, you know, a, a great discount. Um, And then as you mentioned, it's also nice to leak that news just before the bad stuff comes down. So people are paying attention Um, as for cam. What do you expect from him this year in that offense? And and where do you have him ranked right now?
2: So I have him ranked 16th uh, at this point among quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And he's in that like Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip rivers, Baker Mayfield sort of area for me. Mm -hmm. And, the the good thing about Cam is that, I mean, he's not going to cost you anything really. Like, think about it. He's not going to be a top 100 pick. There's still a lot of question marks. I mean, Marcus, he hadn't scored a touchdown in four games and he's had one rushing touchdown since like October of 2018. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're getting Superman guaranteed the Cam Newton, who's been an MVP, who's been, you know, a top five fantasy quarterback for most of his career. We don't know if we're getting that. So, right. The position is super deep as well. So he's a QB two and he's going to be drafted as a QB two and he's going to go out. And th- I mean, you could you could say what you want. If Kim is healthy, there's no competition with him and Jared Stidham. I mean, please mm-hmm. let, let's get, let's get the realistic <laughs> here for a second. So he needs to be drafted across the board in every single league. He'll be a late run pick. And if he can come back and be, you know, three quarters of the cam Newton that would, that we've all come to know and love he's going to be a draft bargain. And if if the struggles continue with the arm, uh, you know, if the foot acts up, then you didn't really invest a lot of draft capital in him. And he becomes a waiver wire fodder.
1: Right. Look, if you want to believe in having added motivation, I mean, for Cam, this is a one year deal. This is a chance for him to sort of prove that he is the guy that he used to be and hopefully get a longer term deal, whether it's from New England or from somebody else. There is extra motivation there for Cam to step up and play really well this year. Uh, I've got him at 15. So you and I are about the same uh, in terms of of the quarterback rankings. And and I feel the same way. Right. Like, why not take a shot at him late, especially if you are going to wait on quarterbacks? Right. Um, Have that insurance. Have that guy who if it turns out uh, that everything is right and Cam's good again and maybe he creeps into the top 10, you're feeling great. If not, like you said, Fabs, it's not like you. Uh, Spend a high draft pick to to do that and end up with nothing. So yeah, and, and um, he's
2: thirty one years old. I mean, like right. a, a lot of quarterbacks are, are, you know, in the prime of their careers at thirty one. So he's
1: thirty one years old and basically had a whole year off to rest and recuperate. Right. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, for the rest of the Patriots offense, I mean, we, we talked about Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. Um, You know, we know James White is still probably going to catch a lot of passes, Uh, even even Sonny Michelle. I mean, what does this do for them having Cam Newton in this offense?
2: So uh, obviously it helps everybody like uh, in terms of the pass catchers, because who would you rather have Julian Edelman catching passes from Stidham or Newton? I mean, everyone's going to say Newton. (laughs) Same (laughs) thing with Nikhil Harry. Same thing with Mohamed Sanu, who's not being drafted in a lot of leagues right now. Um, uh, the, The running back position, I feel like the Patriots. The backs, like Sony Michel, especially because he would be more of the guy who you're going to be utilizing down near the goal line. You know, maybe he's affected negatively because you know once Cam gets down inside that five yard line, you know he, he's a lethal weapon. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots were what tied for third in red zone uh, rushing attempts last year, so the offense has gotten down into the into the red area a lot, uh, where where a running quarterback or a running back uh can can take advantage of an opportunity to to find pay dirt so i think this is good for cam uh I, I don't know that it's great for sony michelle in terms of red zone opportunities i don't know that it really changes much in terms of james white uh who typically at least you, you wouldn't project him to be uh a whole heck of a lot down uh in the painted area down in the red zone
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's that's fair. I know people have said that this will improve the Patriots running game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it improves Sony shell Right. right, right. <laughs> um, you just have another guy who can who can run the football. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see Cam there in New England. Uh, I think a lot of people who just are fans of football are excited to see him get an opportunity to play again because the yeah. game, I think, is more fun when cam newton is around so mm-hmm. uh definitely looking forward to that um speaking of quarterbacks let's let's kind of shuffle the deck a little bit right we look at some top 10 guys from last season um i'll give you you know three names of guys who were in the top 10 you tell me who's most likely to fall out and then you tell me who you think might jump in there and replace them this year so quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan, both kind of fringe top 10 guys. Carson Wentz, another fringe top 10 guy. Of those three, or maybe there's another one in there you, you like, who do you think is most likely to fall out of the top 10 and and who jumps in in their place? So I have Rodgers at 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have
2: Wentz at 12. Hmm. So uh, And the third qu- quarterback that you mentioned was who? Matt Ryan. I have Matt Ryan in the top 10. Yeah, I have Matt okay. Ryan at eight. So all close. Uh, Ryan's Ryan's eighth. The other two guys right outside of the top 10. Um, players that I think could move up into the top 10. Like, I I mean, you guys know I'm a big fan of Daniel Jones. I don't know if he's going to be top 10, but he's got the capability to be top 10 uh, without question. Tom Brady uh, very likely is going to get back up into that top 10 area uh, now that he's in Tampa Bay. I I mean, Matthew Stafford could jump into the top 10. He was on pace to be a top 10 quarterback last year before he got hurt. So uh, those are some of the guys that I could see sort of jumping and the likes of Rogers, for example, uh, I, Matt Ryan, I feel like is is, is going to end up being in the top 10. And, and as I mentioned, Wentz, uh, Wentz also right there for me. And, and a lot of it has to do with Wentz, you know, just avoiding injuries, getting out there, starting 14 to 16 games. He's got a lot of weapons. Uh, the Eagles are going to want to go deep and go vertical. So uh, that should help his value.
1: Yeah, I I definitely like Wentz to to get back into that top 10 or to stay in that top 10, I guess, this year. Um, You mentioned Matt Stafford, and I feel like that's one. You know, people are mentioning him. I I don't want to say that nobody's talking about Matt Stafford because that's not true, but I do feel like when we talk about quarterbacks, maybe he doesn't get mentioned quite as often. And you're right, Fab. I mean, through week eight or nine, um, he was easily a top 10 quarterback and was, he was averaging some,
2: over 20 points a game.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think when he got hurt, he had 19 touchdowns and five interceptions, right? Which, which puts him on pace for what would have been the best touchdown to interception ratio of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously back injuries are tricky. I mean, he, he broke bones in his back. That is a thing to definitely be cautious about. But if the healing process went well, if Matthew Stafford is able to be back, We know he's got two very good receivers in Kimmy Galladay and Marvin Jones. They added a talented running back in DeAndre Swift who can catch the football. And a lot of us are thinking that TJ Hawkinson is ready to take a big step forward this year. I mean, all the pieces seem in place for Matthew Stafford to kind of slide right in. And this is a guy you want to talk about late rounds. He's hanging around in the late rounds. It could end up being a huge draft value for somebody this year. Yeah,
2: And there's a lot of quarterbacks who could be draft values. I mean, (laughs) I've I've been involved in some of these uh, FSGA drafts for Sirius XM and I mean Aaron Rodgers is going in the 12th round and it's a 14 team league Marcus I mean and I get it you know with the experts out there it's a little bit different than in uh, in leagues where you know folks are just having fun more casual but there are hell Cam Newton's going to be on that list now Ben Roethlisberger's on that list like B- Baker Mayfield could potentially be on that list Daniel Jones Eddie's guy he could be on the list too of quarterbacks who you get late who end up really outperforming their draft value are there are, are their draft position
1: Uh, Over to the running backs. Uh, These guys, some of them were solidly in the top 10, um, but Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. I mean, Eckler was the RB four after a huge start this season. Mm -hmm. Is there one of those guys uh, that you feel like might not get back to top 10 status this year and, and who who maybe jumps in in their place? I'm
2: not, I I love Austin Eckler. And, you know, I I know that there are people out there will say, well, no Phillip rivers. And, you know, they bring in Joshua Kelly. Okay. That's fine. I I still believe in Austin Eckler as a top 10 running back. Nick Chubb. I'm not, I'm not on board with as a top 10 running back. I see him get picked in the first round and I question why, like I understand if Nick Chubb was the featured back for the Browns, he would be a top five pick. I love him. His talent. He's amazing. People, Forget that Kareem Hunt was an elite fantasy running back in Kansas yes, City. Was. And last year, when the two guys were on the same the uh, you know on the same field at the same time and, and they were out there together, I mean, we're talking about eight games where the difference in fantasy points was negligible. They basically both averaged right around 13 points a game. Kareem was better as a pass catcher, Nick was better as a rusher, but Nick's touchdowns went way down. He went from six in the first half of the year to two in the second half of the year. I I don't see him, I I mean, unless something happens to Kareem Hunt uh, and he's forced to miss time for one reason or another, Nick Chubb is not a top 10 fantasy running back. Leonard Fournette, I feel like I have him outside of my top 10 as well while the touchdown should go up he only had three last year I mean <laughs> right. that reception total is bananas like 76 they brought in Chris Thompson he's going to eat away at some of those opportunities so I mean I think Leonard can get you 30 to 40 catches but you know 70 plus is not happening again
1: yeah that's the thing I mean they brought in a couple of guys who can catch the football you mentioned Chris Thompson LaVisca Chenault a guy that they drafted uh, can catch the football very well was was just a Swiss Army knife uh, at mm-hmm. Colorado and, and mm-hmm. probably will do some of the same there so I'm with you on Fournette, Uh, I'm very much with you on Chubb. I've I've been saying that for a while. I mean, in those eight games that Kareem Hunt played, you saw a huge drop off in the number of targets that Nick Chubb got, and I think uh, you're going to continue to see that division of labor there uh, for for the Browns in their offense. I mean, I think one, you know, Saquon Barkley was just at ten. He's going to move up, obviously, as long as he stays healthy. Uh, I think Joe Mixon, provided he doesn't hold out and play 16 games. I think he jumps in there. Miles got, Sanders is another one. So I was going to mention Miles Sanders because he's like, he's such a mystery to me, right? Like as long as the Eagles don't do anything else to their backfield, I think Miles Sanders has a huge potential. Mm-hmm. But you keep hearing these rumors that Philadelphia is looking at other running backs, other people to bring in. I mean, but I still heard rumors about LaShawn McCoy coming in. I don't, I don't know how much he has left in the tank, um, but we know Doug Peterson doesn't like to rely on one running back. If he changes that tune and they give the gig to Miles Sanders, I'm all in on him being a top 10 guy. But my fear is that, you know, when training camp starts, whenever that may be, uh, that the Eagles go out and sign somebody and completely just, you know, submarine this whole effort. So, uh, I get it.
2: it. I mean, like you've heard Devonta Freeman's name, Mm -hmm. but he apparently wants a little too much money, and 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 maybe he's not he's not really uh, you know worth the risk. Obviously, your son agrees with me there with Devonta Freeman. Um, (laughs) So I feel like I feel like uh, Freeman would put a dent, but other than that, I mean, think about the running backs that are available right now. Uh, Who's on the street right now that that's really going to scare you away from Miles Sanders? I mean, LaShawn McCoy uh, wouldn't scare me. Let's put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. I still feel like Miles Sanders would be the guy. And I also feel like people are underestimating Boston Scott a little bit. He came in last year in the second half, and he looked really good. He had some pretty big games. So if the Eagles are willing to you know, take – you know, take Boston Scott at what he was last season and utilize him as a complimentary piece as a number two behind Miles Sanders. Maybe they don't feel like they need a running back. And at this point, that's been the case because they didn't do anything in the draft. They didn't do anything in free agency. They brought back Corey Clement. So maybe they're happy with Miles Sanders as the number one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe so, and that, that hopefully would be a good thing there. Uh, also, one other name I think would be interesting, Kenyon Drake, who when he, yeah, got no to, doubt, dude. Yeah. when he got to Arizona and just really took off, I mean, part of it was just that the, the Dolphins didn't seem all that interested in giving him a featured back role. Cliff Kingsbury had no problem with it whatsoever once he got to Arizona, and he, he took off, and, and you know, no pun intended, he ran with it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if, if you give him that same workload, that same opportunity over the course of 16 games, I think there's a very real chance Kenyon Drake could end up uh, yeah, who, Thompson, who, right? who
2: is Drake's coach in Miami
1: uh yeah Adam Gase right exactly <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah Adam Gase. um all right so let's move on to uh to the wide receivers guys that uh were kind of fringe top 10 guys who could possibly fall out I think one is fairly easy. I mean, you got got Devontae Parker, who was there right around 10, Julian Edelman, um, maybe, although now he's got Cam Newton, maybe that's good enough to to keep him in the top 10. Uh, And Keenan Allen, who has a completely different setup there now, we're not sure if it's Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. So between Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Devontae Parker, I I feel like I know at least one of your answers, which one of those guys (laughs) falls out of the top 10.
2: I think they all are. Wow, okay. uh, I mean, I, I think that Devontae Parker's efficiency in that in that second half stretch is not something he can duplicate.
1: It, mm-hmm. It's not.
2: I'm sorry. Like Tua Togolo is going to be the quarterback there at some point during the course of the season. And it, l- listen, he's got a great rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't think Fitzpatrick is going to have the magic to be a 16 game starter. So that's going to happen. Uh, I, I feel like with Keenan Allen, you know, as good as he is, and he's going to get a lot of targets like, you know, the drop-off from Piller Rivers down to Tyrod Taylor or a rookie and Justin Herbert, who, you know, I don't have a whole bunch of belief in uh, long-term and certainly not short-term that's going to, that's going to be, you know, an issue for him. And Julian Edelman, while, as you mentioned, you know, his value is going back up somewhat being I mean, top 10 you know, with, with Cam. Like I get it. Cam Newton is, is, is certainly uh, an upgrade over Jared Stidham. We still all have questions about Cam Newton and whether or not he's, you know, he's going to be 100 percent going into the season. Uh, what kind of offense they're going to run in terms of, you know, uh, you know, allowing Cam Newton to maybe run a little bit more. So we know Tom Brady never ran because he's not a mobile <laughs> dude. So I feel like I feel like all three of those guys will drop out. And, and the guys that you'll see that are going to move into the top 10, you know, you're going to see, you uh, you know, Mike Evans could potentially end up being in the top ten. Uh, he dropped out because he missed time at the end of last season due to injury. I believe he was fifteenth. Uh, you know, you're going to end up seeing Devontae Adams get back into the top ten. You're going to see Tyreek Hill get back in the top ten. Uh, I, I really feel like there's, uh, there's a chance that AJ Brown could end up in the top ten. So. The wide receiver position is deep. And one thing that I've learned in doing drafts and mocks and stuff like that over the last month or so is man, get your running backs in the first couple of rounds, <laughs> go into round three and four, and you you can get Kenny Galladay and DJ Moore. And I think that's that's pretty solid.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting too because I think if you are able to get, you know, a couple of solid running backs at the top, then you can spend probably the next five or six rounds just stacking wide receivers. Um, and, and getting yourself a roster that you feel okay about. And I, mm-hmm. I know we don't spend a lot of time talking about roster construction and, and, and draft strategy and that sort of thing, but I do feel like if you can get yourself, you know, if you're able to get one of those elite running backs and even just a solid number two guy, you don't have to worry about running back for a long time in your draft. And at that point, you're sort of just trying to pick values later in your draft. And I think that that's kind of an important thing to pay attention to uh, yep. when you draft drafting. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, those are some of our top ten guys. Oh, I want to ask you: like, Do you have any? Do you have any thought of any rookies? Uh, maybe not that could possibly crack the top ten, or at least challenge to be in the top ten. Anybody that that's on your at, the at wide there. receiver? Yeah.
2: No, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, know. I, mean, I, I, I I mean, like, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't think it's a surprise. No. Yeah, I mean,
2: like, you know, the Cowboy Homer and me would love C.D. Lamb to do that, but that's not going right. to happen in that offense with all the weapons that they have with Amari and Gallup, uh, Jerry Judy. As much as I like him, top ten with Cortland Sutton ahead of him, and, and a lot of mouse to feed in Denver, I don't think that can happen. You know, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs. I mean, it, there's Brian. There, listen, I can go through every single guy that, that, <laughs> that, that picked in the draft and give you a reason why they're not going to be top ten. So, heck, I mean, Jerry Judy is is my highest ranked wide receiver uh, out of the first year guys. I mean, he, he's not even in my top thirty. So, right, it, it's it, it's it's one of those things where um, it's a deep talented position right. and those guys are going to be the guys that you're going to be sort of throwing darts at sort of in the middle to late rounds uh, of your draft. Yeah. You know, I have Judy at 42. I have CD at 46. I have rigor at 49. I have rugs at 50. I have Ayuke at 52. I mean, like that's, that's sort of where we're at. There isn't. Right. And, and I mean, typically Marcus, you know, this dude, like what your rookie wide receivers typically don't come out and put up monster numbers. Yeah. Um, uh, so you know, for every Anquan Bolden uh, who was tremendous as a rookie, you know, there's 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 10 guys out there who and, you know, hey, Calvin Johnson, he had a, he had a pretty decent rookie year. But I mean, it was what, 800 yards and maybe five touchdowns. Uh, and that's a good rookie year for a wide receiver. You don't see these elite numbers from most wide receivers in their first year. So not a surprise.
1: Yeah, no, not a surprise at all. I was just curious if maybe you had like a just some guy that you had you know big hot take on or just some sort of bananas projection. My, 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 oh, my take
2: gosh. on the rookie wide receivers is quite cold. Uh, as it comes to rankings. Yes. I don't have them ranked very highly right now.
1: No, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a popular, uh, popular Mm -hmm. opinion too. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. Um, so before we, before we get out of here, Fabs, I know you kind of have a a major announcement you would like to make. So I will give you the floor here.
2: Yeah. So, um, so this is going to be my last podcast with the NFL. Um, Um, moving on and doing some stuff, uh, with Sirius XM, as you guys already know, going to be working on fantasy dirt, trying to focus on that a little bit, uh, won't be my first time leaving the podcast. Right. Um, I mean, it's been like a a roller coaster ride with this cast. I had, uh, it started as a radio show on Sirius XM, ironically Mm -hmm. enough with Jason Smith and Elliot Harrison. And we used to do the fantasy, uh, the fantasy version of the cantina, right moist right. easelies uh, right. pull, pull up a pull up a blue milk and uh, and talk a little fantasy football and you know that that ran for uh that ran on Sirius XM and then then there was a time where the podcast basically was just audio from NFL Fantasy Live which you know mm-hmm. wasn't really the best idea in the world but um at that point I don't think you know podcasts has sort of grown uh in popularity as they are now and then I was away from the podcast for a little bit uh it came back uh within the last what year or two mm-hmm. and you know what now I mean it's it i'm always trying to sort of grow and move on and do different things and having the opportunity to do my own show on sirius xm with with uh, fantasy dirt uh with bob harris and mike dempsey a lot of fun and it's sort of something that i want to focus on a little bit and this you know gives somebody else the opportunity uh over there to uh you know have a little fun with the podcast as well so um Oh, it's always been a pleasure working with you on the podcast, Marcus. I mean, totally. we've been doing this together for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Eddie, you know, I love you. Um, and I'm going to miss working working with you guys. I'm going uh, to miss Q in the background crying and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, give, giving his fantasy football takes before he can even say fantasy football. <laughs> but um, for everybody out there, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, just keep tabs on my social media because I'm going to have some uh, other announcements coming up here. In the uh, in the next few uh, weeks, so um, yeah, I mean, it's all good, man. I, all right. we'll, we'll we'll all be in touch. Um, no doubt. No. But uh, you know, it's always it's always been a pleasure. I mean, we've been Marcus, we've been working together a long time. Eddie, we've been for mm-hmm. a long time. So, uh, you know, things change. Change is good.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Yeah, you talk about the evolution of this podcast. I remember when I started, when I started working at the NFL back in 2011. I mean, it was still the serious XM show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I sat in on a couple of episodes. I think I might have sat in on one of the fantasy cantina uh, (laughs) segments.
2: Well, you were prepared for that. You know,
1: oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Star so, yeah. On. I mean, just to see it kind of evolve. Uh, absolutely. It, it's been it's been a journey, um, you know, so I look forward to, to whatever, you know, whatever you got next. I know look, Bob Harris, Mike Dempsey, a couple of really good, smart guys in this industry. So so that should be a lot of fun as well. It will be a different show without you, no doubt. There will be probably far less Yankee talk.
2: <laughs> well no eddie eddie's, no, eddie's gonna take care of that eddie will handle that he'll make I'll sure try. that the yankee talk continues right
1: I, it so, would just stink fabs if uh <laughs> if it's a, a i know there'll probably
2: yankees. be a lot less cowboys talk
1: well, that's a good thing but i'm still hoping oh, uh nice for dodgers, dodgers yankees know, World yeah. we'll to bring it back yeah, exactly. If there's a Dodger Yankee World Series, you, you may have to pop back in uh, and make a Absolutely. Like I just
2: want pop. there to be baseball or some kind
1: of sport. Jeez, the yeah. league. Well, there's that, too. We all yeah. are sort of hoping for that. So, uh, so you know, happy trails. Uh, I'm sure we will see you on the other side at some point, Fabs. And uh, it, has, it has been a ride, no doubt about it. So yeah, that's it. Is. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching and all of that good stuff. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, fiction writing is great. You can make up almost anything. Enjoy your 4th of July. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.